welcome, brethren, uh, to our Sabbath afternoon study. Our um, subject is um, how we are to know the truth today and refuse error. The enemy is like a roaring lion now. Time is short. We are in the end times. Brother Horn is right. We are not far from all these prophetic things. And things are already unfolding. And the enemy knows his time is limited. It's running up, running out, and he is getting more desperate than he has been, and he's been very desperate for a long time. He will do everything he can to destroy you. He wants to make the casualty list so great that uh, it would uh, cause God to delay or, if possible, to even change. And he wants to be able to hold up the casualty list to the unfallen worlds uh, who he hopes to continue to tempt and to say, look at what this horrible terrible number of people who were lost because God is so unjust and so on. He will do everything, and he has other reasons too, I'm sure. Uh, but what he wants to do is destroy you to take your chance of salvation, eternal salvation. He wants to take your life now, and he wants to take your life uh, in the time to come. And this is the main event. This is the main problem. This is, uh, we have to be able to stand where so many others have fallen, where uh, they have succumbed to his temptations. And the temptations are many. He knows what is the right temptation for us. It's not all the same. For Sister Sharon, perhaps the right temptation is a nice pitcher of kale juice. <laughs> or maybe not. But it's not all the same. For some people, it is the temptation to have their own ideas, to investigate and to uh, hear new things. People like a certain amount of novelty in their life. and. Novelty is actually good for our brains, but not novel doctrinal ideas. It's very harmful to our souls. And so uh, we need to understand that if we are of that mindset that likes to hear new things, the enemy will arrange that for us to our eternal destruction. How are we to know what is what? That is our subject. No one is lost, and this is my opening thought, track five, page seven. No one is lost for believing a false interpretation of prophecy before the truth of it is revealed. Do you know how many things William Miller taught that you would consider to be very unusual and strange and even wrong today? But it was not present truth he was teaching against. It hadn't been revealed yet. It was just his own ideas. And um, no one is lost for having their own ideas. 
So it's okay to have our own ideas? No, actually it's very dangerous, let's see. No one is lost for believing a false interpretation of a prophecy before the truth of it is revealed, provided the false interpretation does not draw him away from some other truth, provided it does not confuse us and cause us to lose our way, and it does often. Many individuals, however, are in great danger because, as history reveals, very few who become thus involved in error are willing to humble themselves by renouncing their errors and accepting the truth when it is made known. And this is true. People who are committing the uh, sin against the Holy Ghost, for example, in the most in the purest form possible by denying the existence of the Holy Ghost, it's very difficult for them to come back. And because of uh, congestion uh, and uh, 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 trying to sort my friends on Facebook, for instance, I have gotten to the habit of deleting friends, quote, Facebook friends, who are Adventists, who are Trinitarian deniers, okay? If they are strong Trinitarian deniers, I delete them. If they deny the existence of the Holy Spirit, unless there's some special reason, I don't keep them, not because they're going, that's the end of their time and chance, that's not so, but it's the end of the time that I have for them right now because these people do not turn back and it's easy to see why it's so hard for them to turn back when they are denying the very divine uh, being uh, that the Lord uh, that, that uses to bring us back. That function of the Lord that is to uh, speak to our heart and, conscious and conscience and draw us back to the truth. And they deny the existence. And this is a, uh, just one example of how, by the of his right, very few come back from a certain distance, okay, and stay back, very few, are willing to humble themselves by renouncing their errors. A lot of people want to come back without humbling themselves. There is a process that we must go through of repentance and reconversion. And we're not humbling ourselves to human beings. We have to humble ourselves to God. If our sins were private, we do that privately. If we were public in our sins, we have to do that publicly. But we do have to do that. That's part of the process. And very few are willing to do that. It's a small price to pay for eternal salvation. Think about it in the right way. Have, a, have the right um, estimation on the value of things. Humble themselves, very few, by, by renouncing their errors and accepting the truth when it is made known. They are consequently in constant peril of sinning against the Holy Ghost. And being acutely aware of this, Satan misinterprets the prophecies before they are divinely revealed. He realizes full well that many unwilling to be corrected and to exchange their errors uh, for revealed truth will thereby be led to eternal ruin. There's many, many in this category, brethren, and we need to have self-awareness here, spiritual self-awareness. 
We need to see ourselves. Have we stepped over the line? Are we uh, holding on to false interpretations of our own uh, or someone else's making, human being? He realizes full well that um, all important, therefore, is the need that the student of the truth fortify himself with all honesty and humility as the light of truth is now turned searchingly on. Fortify ourselves with the truth. We need to know the truth. We don't need to be studying error. There's nothing else that's worth going into our minds right now but the shepherd's rod message. It is the only thing according to the message. If the message is false, then go, uh, we should study other things. If the message is true, it says nothing else is worth studying, or th remembering, or teaching. So our subject today is how we are to know the truth today and refuse error. Uh, is there a system that God has given us? Is there a way out of the confusion? That is our subject. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you once more that we may come together as a people today, wherever we are located physically, that we are one people spiritually, and that we, uh, we thank you also in a special way for uh, the truth that you have given us. And we pray that we uh, not be only hearers of the word, but today and in our daily lives and study that we, be, uh, uh, that we practice the truth that we have, that we make it our, uh, our guiding um, force, our guiding principle in all that we do. We pray that we will uh, allow you to uh, develop in us the faith and the determination uh, and the spiritual strength to, to be faithful to the message, to stand against the allurements of the world, and if we were the only one to continue on in that way. We pray that you will show us how uh, to most effectively take this message to uh, the church, to our family, uh, and to all those who are in need of uh, the bomb of Gilead today. We pray that you will be uh, in a special way with our brothers and sisters uh, who have uh, been affected by this uh, coronavirus pandemic. We pray that you will be, uh, that you will watch over those who are sick, those who are recovering, and those who have had uh, bad reactions from the vaccine. We pray that uh, you will guide your people in the way that we should go, that we may be uh, uh, remain strong and healthy as possible to continue to serve thee. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There is um, many interesting things going on in the world of the pandemic.
but it seems like there is a lot of side effects from some of the vaccines. And this is, need not be completely surprising to us. Uh, the one vaccine, I think it's the Moderna vaccine, was created in the computer lab of the researcher over a weekend period of time. Anything that is created that fast in a weekend is bound to not be the very best possible thing that there is. And if you think that's kind of strange that you can create a vaccine in one weekend, uh, we live in a very strange world and they use that vaccine on millions of people. And it's only going to get stranger. They label the vaccines uh, for experimental use or no, for emergency use. And they are not approved vaccines, none of them. There's not one approved vaccine today, even though they will push that on you as much as they can. Uh, there's a lot of foolishness, a lot of lies, a lot of fear, um, and um, many strange things. But uh, the bottom line is that with all the problems of the vaccines, they are saving more lives at the moment than they are costing. And that's not the greatest calculation in the world. We like to say, see the kind of um, medicine uh, where there is zero risk and 100% effectiveness, and the vaccines are, gonna, are going to gradually get better. And people, um, people have a lot of opinions on things, both doctrinal and scientific, and uh, we think it's perfectly all right that we have our own opinions, but sometimes our opinions can be hurtful to ourselves or others. And if you don't have a, a good understanding of what's going on, and you strongly influence uh, people in the wrong way, um, uh, I know we, lots of people who have no compunctions about doing that and will continue to do it, but it's wrong, brethren. Know what you're speaking about before you speak. The vaccines for a subset of people are beneficial. For those who are high risk and elderly, it is beneficial. The least harmful of the vaccines. Uh, for young people, uh, the most, the RNA, the mRNA vaccines and so on, uh, they're not an approved vaccine. If you hardly have a danger as a young person, you, why do you want to give them an unapproved vaccine? Wait a little while, there will be approved vaccines, better vaccines coming out. And I have said from the beginning that I would take, personally take the, the vaccines if and when I have to. And quite uh, non-coincidentally, I have not had to, and I have not taken any vaccines for better or worse. And um, I'm, let, I'm saying that to you because uh, while actually I'm maybe theoretically in a higher risk group, I um, do not feel I'm in the highest risk group where I have to go out and take that. And for you brethren who are um, not in a high risk group, uh, it may be that not too long from now they will have uh, safer, more effective vaccines. There are lots of side effects. 
right now. And uh, one of the side effects that troubles me is death. That's a troubling side effect. There's too much of these side effects going on. And uh, if we take a weekend to design a vaccine, should we be so surprised? Now they spend a lot of time uh, actually manufacturing the vaccine and testing it and so on. But the weekend story is essentially true because it was a new technology that they can uh, do on the computer very fast. They have some remarkable plans for the future, actually, of, of uh, that same technology. But uh, people should remember that um, to, be, um, to be in the uh, test group uh, among the test uh, group is not necessarily the safest and best place to be. Uh, and there'll be a lot of problems on the way to them uh, getting all the bugs ironed out. And for the doctors and the scientists, it's whoops, we're sorry about that side effect. But if it's you that um, um, had a fatal side effect from that, it's, it's not so small a thing, is it? So. I don't know, if you tell people two different things, but in, a, but, but in a sensible and complex way, people sometimes get confused. What is he saying? There's no use to be confused here, and I personally will not accept that. You make your best decision yourself, but I suggest uh, and strongly that those people who are in a very high-risk situation um, uh, do take this. Today, this part, this um, June uh, 12th, actually it was uh, like June 10th, I think, when I saw this, but um, so far this year, more people have died in this half of the year than all of last year from the pandemic, from the virus. And people are dying, brethren. If you, if you are not aware of these things or you believe it's all lies and so on, don't, don't believe that. Uh, j just because there are very um, questionable people out there with questionable agendas doesn't mean that the virus is not capable of killing people under the right circumstances. And so far this year, more people have died from the virus than all of last year. It's a real thing. It's not going away just yet, but there are good positive uh, trends. And uh, so um, it is, it does behoove us, those people who need to uh, uh, be cautious, you could live in a bubble, you could live, go to Alaska or something, or if you're, the, if you're very high risk and your doctor recommends it, um, pray about it. And uh, if, uh, if, the, if you're impressed to take the vaccine, do not, um, uh, be uh, concerned. It is not a, a sin, a this or that. And those people who propagate those things, they are doing that without understanding, and it's not right. Um, if you are young and good health and so on, um, you should know that quite a few people are being injured by the mRNA uh, um, uh, vaccine and the others too. Anything that um, has the spike protein or, or, or um, um, asks the body to create the spike protein, 
is causing damage right now. And until they find a better way or a subfraction or whatever, it's going to continue. The spike protein on the a virus is just damaging. Probably was made to be damaging, but anyway, that's a whole separate can of worms. But um, uh, the, the vaccine is damaging, uh, the, the virus is damaging, but depending on our circumstances, there are things we can do uh, to uh, minimize our chances of, of a, a death. And uh, so um, I hope that was all clear. Uh, <laughs> seriously, uh, if you need it, your doctor recommends it, uh, don't be concerned. If you don't, if you're not in a high risk group, and if you think you can wait, I, I do strongly suggest you wait a little bit. Okay, sometimes you're just faced with no perfect choices. It happens all the time in the world. Should I take this road with the crazy traffic, or should I take this road that was washed out and broken up and falling into the ocean or whatever? So yes, sometimes you just don't have a real smooth choice. And you know what? It's gonna be more hard choices as we go along. And you, you have to keep yourself calm and cool, uh, stable. You have to be able to think and reason and follow the best, um, uh, the best understanding uh, of the time, the best authorities of the time. Uh, to come through uh, as well as possible. And the Lord will bless you when you do that. Uh, he is not necessarily going to bless you if you are watching YouTube, uh, well, wherever they come from, uh, videos on uh, crazy conspiracy theories and busy sending them around to other people. If they are lies, you are propagating lies. And it's a serious, serious issue to propagate a lie. A lot of people think, oh, I didn't originate that. It's okay. Let me shoot it around. No, you are part of the lie when you do that. And you are breaking the ninth commandment. You are bearing false witness with your lie. You are confusing and muddying the issue in the minds of people who may not be able to think their way through the confusion that you are helping to uh, instill in their minds. Not a small thing, brethren. Okay, how we know. Are you uncertain where and how the Lord is working today? It is not God who is keeping you ignorant. Many people cannot be sure where the truth is, what the truth is. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants us confused. We live in a time of of great uh, deception. Uh, never have we seen deception is so thick and so coming at us from so many directions on so many things. And I'm talking about the government deception. I'm talking about science, medicine, especially I'm talking about the news media <laughs> and uh, YouTube media and all the rest. It is deception all around. And by the way, to be involved in these things, to be involved in deception of any kind is the exact opposite of what we are called to do. We are called to spread the truth, all the truth on everything.
if you're spreading deception on anything, it's a serious issue uh, between you and the Lord. Now, we don't need to be uncertain about uh, what, how the Lord is leading today. Because Pradhatif tells us in um, 2TG uh, 41, page 3, I am, however, certain that God will not keep us ignorant of the things we ought to know. This is a divine assurance. Brother Hadaf was not speaking as an individual in casual, everyday conversation. It is published. He was speaking as the Lord's servant. And the Lord will not keep us ignorant. If we are ignorant, that's, that's uh, between us and the enemy. It's not, we can't blame God. He has done his part because uh, Brother Hadaf has said that God will not keep us ignorant. So therefore, the knowledge is there in the message of God, the shepherd's rod message to uh, uh, the, the, uh, his people today, it is there. Uh, the Lord communicates his word to us through his messengers. Amos 3, 7, Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And that is how we will find our answers. They will be in the shepherd's rod. If the shepherd's rod is the Lord's message, it will tell us the answers to all the questions that are important, are truly important uh, to us today. And as we all know, we are living in the, uh, in the time of the end. There is so many ways to prove that besides track 12, uh, page 90. There are so many indications that we are in the time of the end. The future from the world's point of view uh, can be bright and much uh, material prosperity and knowledge and, and so on, but it's also, um, uh, there is uh, dark clouds on the horizon. This pandemic plague is only the first one. It was known that it was going to happen. Fossey, uh, Fossey, huh? Fauci, Fauci uh, predicted it. He predicted that there would be a pandemic like this in, in a, f a few years ago. There were many predictions. Bill Gates predicted it. Many people seem to have had a feeling for it. Is that something strange? It sets your conspiracy wheels uh, spinning? Not really, it should not be. Uh, futurists have, have been talking about the Andromeda strain, the virus that is going to do us in and so on for a long time. The only question was, what took it so long? And it's the Lord that took it so long. He had his hand over these things, never doubt. But biotech is getting to be too easy. You can even design uh, um, a complicated vaccine over a weekend period on your home computer if you are a, uh, a, a researcher in that uh, area. Google it. Uh, so we, we are in the end times and, and the future is grim for the people of the world, uh, those who insist on continuing their own way, those who are in the church and insist on continuing in their sin condition. And it is grim for all Davidians 
who insist on continuing business as usual, fighting with each other, coming up with new ideas, uh, running after new Elijahs and Joshuas and um, what it, Josephs and whatever, okay? It is not good, and it's going to be very, it's going to get more serious, more trouble. We're going to have more trouble. That is a guarantee. The message guarantees it. Now, Sister White tells us a very important point that we all know, but how do we know it? Each of the ancient prophets spoke less for their own time than for ours, so that their prophesying is in force for us. The prophecies in the Bible are in force for us today. Now, that doesn't mean that we can go off and do some private interpretation, and lots of people want to do that. But what it does say, what Sister White is saying here, and Brother Hadif also says, is that uh, Micah 6.9, for instance, it is in force for us today. Micah 7.14, it is in effect for us today. And many, uh, uh, many, many other prophecies as well. They relate to our own time. Now, here at the end of the history of the world. So that's how we're going to find out. We're going to go to the prophecies. We're going to see um, what the Lord has revealed through his prophet. And the last prophet we believe is Brother Howdoff. And we're going to study his message, uh, some of the things he says on uh, how we can know what is the truth for today. To know the truth, we have to avoid the lie. And many people have private ideas of their own that are an idol to them, they're precious to them, and this is the first thing. We have to be able to get rid of our own ideas. We cannot lead the Lord. He is to lead us. We of ourselves never know what is right and what is wrong unless we are told. No, brother, no, no. I can read the Bible and figure it out myself. Well, that is not what the message says. The message teaches a different system, quote, system. And we want to find out what that system is to avoid having these idols. Easy enough to know what is right and wrong. If we do whatever we are told to do, no more than no less, we shall be accounted worthy. Well, uh, no one tells me what to do. I am a free person and I will read the Bible and make up my mind for myself. Now, I'm not going deeply into this, but that is what the Protestant churches do. Everybody reads the Bible and they come up with their own ideas. They're uninspired, but they do have a right. They, they demand to have the right to have their own ideas. Well, this message specifically points out that that's wrong. And that's not the way the Lord is working today. If we want to dig in our feet and say, no one's telling me what to do, uh, then we can go all way, ahead with our, our own way. But if we're going to go ahead with the way of the Lord, 
uh, we will do whatever we are told to do. No more and no less. Some people want to do more. When the message says X, they want to do XY. They want to do new things. They want to add on uh, uh, duties and, and responsibilities not in the message, requirements. And they want to ignore some that are in there. And this is how the, um, um, the sinful um, self-appointed uh, prophets and leaders are. So far, our God-sent message is pleading with us to depart from the abominations, to cast aside all our idols, to put away all our private ideas and opinions, to wholeheartedly return to the Lord. This is what uh, our message, our God-sent message, is asking us to do. Cast away our idols, to put away all our private ideas and opinions. Our opinions need to be, thus saith the Lord. They need to be in line with the Lord's um, system, his perfect system, he calls it. There has ever been individuals of independent mind who have claimed they were right, that God had especially taught, impressed, and led them. Each has a theory of his own, views peculiar to himself, and each claims that his views are in accordance with the word of God. Each one has a different theory and faith, yet each claims special light from God. Does this sound like Davidia? It's Davidia, brethren. Each one has a different theory and faith, each one, yet each one claims special light from God. These draw away from the body, and each one is a separate church of himself. All these cannot be right, yet they all claim to be led of the Lord. Now, that is not how true inspiration works. That is just babbling madness. Everyone talking and, and competing and jumping up and down, but it's just... Uh, it's not of the Holy Spirit. They are not led of the Spirit. When we are led of the Spirit, we will say the same thing. We will see uh, with one accord. And that is the mark of, of God's true people. They do see things uh, with one accord. They see eye to eye on the, on the truth. And they speak with the same voice unceasing theological speculations on the scriptures with the resultant diversity of opinions, pleasing fables and pleasing fables are continually increasing confusion, dissensions, division, which spawn conflicting creeds and sects. The existing disunion among Christians of today is not therefore fulfilling God's, but Satan's predetermined purpose. Now, some people think, Unity is not God's purpose, but it is God's purpose, brethren. The message does teach it, and it teaches it very clearly. Among God's people, unity is a must. And when you have people with their unceasing speculations and constant um, elevation of themselves into being a prophet, and, and uh, which enables them to uh, deceive people even uh, to a greater extent, you have uh, the formula for confusion, dissensions, and divisions, conflicting creeds and, uh, and sects. And that is what we have, people who want to do those things. Uh, 
the disunion today among Christians and among Davidians is not God's purpose. And if we um, would want to see unity, we need to learn God's perfect system for keeping us all um, uh, on the same line of the song, as it were. Okay? It's not running ahead, not lagging behind. What kind of a, a hymn, uh, a sound would that make? If part of the congregation was a line behind, uh, part was a line ahead, it would just speak madness. But that is Davidia. There have ever been individuals of independent minds who have claimed that they were right, that God had especially taught, impressed, and led them. Each has a theory of his own, views peculiar to himself, and each claims that his views are in, in accordance with the word of God. Brethren, it has to stop. God does have a perfect system. I promise you he has a perfect system. And we have to stop with our individual running off on one side, running this way, and, hey, brother, let's go to the uh, uh, Bible and examine this ourselves. Okay? We don't do that. We have a system that God has given us. Each one has a different theory, and each one claims special light from God. These draw away from the body, and each one is a separate church. And that's what happens, a separate little group. We have many of them. We have people who are stalwartly turning off into the wilderness of their own ideas all by themselves, um, uh, 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 broadly condemning the whole of Davidia, everyone, okay? We have some very um, uh, sad cases of people who are, everybody is wrong except me, okay? Now, that, uh, moves past theology into psychology. And I'm not going to go there right now. But people, you, people have to understand that these false um, Elijahs and uh, Joseph and Hen uh, uh, and so on, all these prophets, um, self-appointed prophets, these people are not like you and hopefully me. Uh, they are different, and that does, I'm not saying that for you to despise them or abuse them. I want you to know the truth. They woke up one morning and they decided that they were, they were really Moses, Elijah, or someone else. You didn't do that. You never had any doubt in your mind that you were you when you woke up. And brethren, there are people out there who are, the enemy is abusing these people and using them to confuse Davidians. And it's silly and foolish for us to, us to give them credit, to give them uh, oxygen, as it were. You go and pay attention to these people. Re be respectful of their ideas and so on. Other people will come and, and uh, behave the same way. Don't do it. These people uh, should be teaching in their own name if they're honest. And they also should be getting help. Putting aside your own thoughts and your own ways. Now, we, we, we do have our own ideas. Let's be honest, every single one of us, not crazy ideas, just, well, you know, I always thought such and such, okay? We do, 
Is that the end of the world? No, it isn't. We already read, no one is lost for believing a wrong uh, prophecy before it was uh, explained. No one is lost for having uh, his own ideas on non-test questions that are not contrary to um, things in the message. Uh, however, is it an idol? Uh, idol is something that we don't want to give up, that we uh, re refuse to give up in practice. If it is an idol, then it is a problem. And the best thing is, uh, is not to dabble with these things. Dabble with uh, the, the enemy and uh, his temptations and uh, um, we can get caught. So we have to be able to put aside our own ideas. And that is a process that we have to learn. We have to learn to humble ourselves, to subject ourselves to the discipline of the rod. The rod is here for us to pass under it. And it will only allow us uh, in truth to go under the rod. We, our baggage and so on is not going to be, we can't carry it under the rod. A spirit of oneness can be maintained only by a people who keep a tireless vigil over themselves, always to see eye to eye and speak the same thing by forsaking their own ways and thoughts in exchange for the Lord. And this is what we have to do. We have to keep an eye on ourselves. Whoa, I like that idea too much. I better back off, okay? And um, I personally have had ideas. Um, uh, if uh, it's, you know, I could work my ideas into things. That would be very unfaithful, by the way, for any minister to do that, very unfaithful. But it would also, um, it would be a, um, a symptom of not being willing to forsake my ideas. I do have to forsake my ideas. And brethren, all of us have to. We do have ideas and we have to like, okay, what if it's between my ideas and the rest of the rod, what, which is going to yield? Okay, something's got to give here. What should it be? Well, there's a lot of people out there who say the rod is wrong. Okay, the rod isn't wrong, brethren. Uh, we are not inspired to interpret new truth. We are not inspired to bring new light. So our light is not the true light, it's the message. And we have to humble ourselves and we have to let go of our ideas. It is imperative, therefore, that every present truth believer teach and practice only present truth. Teach not short of nor beyond what is published. Weave not into it private interpretations or constructions, theories, and ideas, and do nothing less or nothing more than what the message calls for. Thus, putting aside your own thoughts and your own ways, and that is an exercise that we have to learn. We have to master that. We have to put aside, let set aside, let it go, our own ideas. And we have to be willing to do that and we have to not sneak back later and repossess our ideas. And availing, um, uh, uh, 
and availing yourselves of the Lord's in exclusive devotion to the spirit of truth, you will really see eye to eye and speak the same thing. And only when we do this, when we all are speaking the same thing uh, uh, and seeing eye to eye, will the Lord be able to pour out uh, the Pentecostal um, uh, outpouring on us, okay? And that is um, something the enemy will strive with all his ability to prevent. So in order to prevent uh, the future from happening, he keeps us fractured uh, and diverted and just meandering in a circle with uh, one crazy popping up here and after a while fading out, another one then comes up and so on. It's been going like this since Brother Hadith died. Right after he died, they popped up. God requires certain things of his people. If they say, I will not give up my heart to do this thing, the Lord lets them go on in their supposed wise judgment without heavenly wisdom until this scripture, Isaiah 28, 13, is fulfilled. You are not to say, I will follow the Lord's guidance up to a certain point that is in harmony with my own judgment. It is not a matter of our own judgment. The Lord has a perfect system. He didn't say it was a semi-perfect system. We'll get to it. But he has a perfect system. He's not going to leave us in confusion. He's promised he will fulfill his promise in every detail. We are not to um, hold on to our judgment and then hold fast to your own ideas, refusing to be molded after the Lord's similitude. Let the question be asked, is this the will of the Lord? If not, is this the opinion or judgment of uh, X? And there are many things that we adopt, ideas, and we need to ask, are these the ideas of, of uh, uh, brother so-and-so? Uh, are these ideas of sister so-and-so? Um, or are these the, the, from the message? And we have to make that decision. We have to have that willingness to walk away from uh, wrong ideas. It's actually a good trade. It's actually a very good deal. But for some reason, the human, the natural human heart uh, dislikes giving up things, dislike even false things. And anything that is contrary to the message, okay, anything that is contrary to God's perfect system, we have to let go. We have to be willing to walk away from in our day, there is, even, uh, there is an even greater flood of private interpreters of the scriptures, the cause of today's isms. We have lots of isms than there was in Moses' day. And according to Revelation 12, 15, 16, the Lord warns that he will again use a remedy similar to the ancient remedy against today's ism breeding flood. Now, that is the final remedy. Uh, the purification, it will happen. But that doesn't mean we have to wait and continue with our idols until we are cut down. We do have a chance to let go. And what we want to do is say in our hearts, I am willing, Lord, to let go of my ideas that I believe, I've, I've been 20 years believing that this is so. And I'm gonna let those ideas go if I see that in your message, in your shepherd's rod message, I see 
that I was mistaken. We have to be willing to do that fair and square. Be honest with the Lord. Now, one of the things about our own ideas, uh, one way they come to us is through dreams and, and uh, our impressions and so on. And um, there will be false dreams and false visions which have some truth, but lead away from the original truth. The Lord has given men a rule by which to detect them to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Isaiah 8.20 Now, there are people who think that the Lord does not send dreams at all today. It is true that we are not in the day of dreams and visions, but who are, who are any of us to tell the Lord what he can and can't do? We can't do that. Oh, God can't do that. He won't do that. No, never. How did you know that? Where, where do you see that? There is not the slightest uh, proof in the message or the spirit of prophecy that God will never send dreams and visions. What does he do? How does he work? Well, what he sends will be in harmony with the law and the testimony. He has given us a a part, this is part of the system, and he has given us a, a way to uh, assess our private dreams. There's many dreams that are just like everyday dreams, mean nothing. We should not be confused. And there are dreams that are part true and part false, put there by the enemy. And the Lord has given men a rule to detect the truth to the law and to the testimony. The Lord will never tell us privately something different than what he has told Elijah. We may have inspiration as a true believer. We, do, we are inspired in, in a number of different ways. But who is going to claim that our inspiration is greater than Brother Haros? That our inspiration is superior to his and overrides his inspiration? Now, that person is uh, working for the enemy. He's working to confuse people. It's not. And uh, if, it is not possible for our own uh, dreams and visions to conflict with the message. So if you have a thought, if you have an impression or whatever, test it according to this rule. If it is a conflicting, if it conflicts with uh, the law and the testimony, that is the message as a whole. If it conflicts, then it is uh, to be let go of. Let it go. Don't hold on to it. Don't dabble with it. Don't put yourself in that situation. And do not tell others that, um, or preach that God will never work through in that way. God works in the way he knows best. And the way that he communicates with us uh, by by far in the main, of course, is through the shepherd's rod message. That's why he sent it, so he can communicate with all of us at the same time in great detail. But if he has a purpose to send a, a true uh, dream or vision, he can do that. And many, many times people will say they have a dream or vision, but it's not true. It is spurious. It is... Uh, 
uh, imaginary or it's contrary. So uh, judge the spirits carefully, judge this carefully, follow the rule and be willing to let go of your things, your ideas. Not my way, Lord, but your way. I'm willing to let go. I'm willing to humble myself and let go of my ideas if they are contrary to the message. Inspiration is a special function of the Spirit of God. It is, therefore, in its diverse manifestation, set in operation not by the working of the mind itself, but by the power of the Spirit. To get a correct understanding of this process, however, one must necessarily see it in historical perspective, operating in the midst of the human race from the beginning of creation. In his own image, God created Adam and gave him sovereign dominion over the fish and the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Genesis 1.26. Accordingly, he made Adam the earth, the king of earth's first dominion and all living creatures, uh, uh, the subjects thereof of Adam's natural ability to rule them and their natural submission to him to show uh, now, uh, all creation was under uh, Adam's um, uh, rule, uh, essentially. But the point here is that Adam was inspired. Right from the beginning, he has given uh, uh, mankind inspiration. It is not of our own mind. It's not a psychic power. It's not magic. It is something that the Lord imparts. It's completely from him, not from us. And inspiration is not rare. This is what the enemy would like us to know, to believe that uh, inspiration died with Brother Hadaf. Inspiration is actually universal among God's true people, starting from Adam and continuing right down to the last day. Ever have your ears open to any claimant of inspiration if you are not to repeat the history of the Jews? God will not let you be deceived if you really hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you really want to know the truth, for he is anxious that you keep up with his progressively revealed truth. Now, this is one of the statements that is abused uh, to uh, persuade uh, Davidians to go and look for new light. Brother Hadith was directing this to the angel of the Laodiceans, to Laodiceans. And if you read the context of this and all similar statements, you will see that all of those statements are addressed to the church. They are the foolish virgins. They need the extra oil. They have to pay attention. You have to get their attention. But for those who have the extra oil, to go and look for more is a mistake. There is no such thing. And all who do look for uh, extra oil or try to draw their own themselves are going to lose out. Second Peter 1 20, 21. 
knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This is how the Bible came. This is how prophecy came. They, it came from the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of prophecy. Affirmatively stated, all scripture, not merely a part of it, is inspired. Negatively stated, none of it is privately interpreted for the reason that it did not come of men, but of God. That, it, that, that is, as the Spirit of God dictated to men the scriptures, so the Spirit of God must interpret the scriptures to men. Now, understand what Brother Hadith is saying. It's a profound point. It took the Spirit of God to bring those prophecies to the prophets of old and put them in the Bible. That's pretty obvious. None of us have any qualms about that. We all believe that. We know that those prophets were inspired. But what we fail to understand is it takes the same spirit of God to take out the truth from the prophecies. Too many people will sit down with their Bible and have a go at extracting the truth themselves. That is what we can't do. That is private interpretation. We are not inspired in that way. And when we do do that, we uh, add to the chaos and confusion of the, of, of the Christian world and specifically to the Davidian world. And, and it's wrong for us to do that. We need to follow God's perfect system. So um, the Spirit of God must interpret the scriptures to men that no man privately without inspiration is capable of disclosing the seal prophecies or interpreting any part of them or even capable of understanding their importance after they interpreted, uh, except it be by the gift of the spirit of truth, by the spirit of prophecy. None of the wicked, uh, so I, I need to cut it there. So it is um, only by the spirit of God that we can know what is true. And this is something that we need to accept we need to understand this message is the last message by the last prophet. And once we have locked onto that, when people come with private interpretations, however they, uh, whatever they're about, uh, the enemy is not going to bring some um, simplistic uh, uh, foolishness, this obvious foolishness on the surface to us. He will make it intriguing. He will make it seem logical and sensible. And we will be um, tempted to have a look. And uh, if we do, we will be trespassing on enchanted ground because uh, we, we have been told that this is the last message and we have been told that only through special uh, interpretative inspiration can the truth be understood that is in the Bible. We can't do that, and neither can anyone else, especially uh, those, uh, 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 those uh, individuals who have imagined a high position for themselves, high spiritual office for themselves. We know that that cannot be because we know Brother Hadith was the last prophet. And so all of those people who claim to be, have some kind of prophetic office, 
all of them are mistaken, badly mistaken. But brethren, they're not just mistaken. They are also, and we say this without wanting to be condemnatory, critical or, or um, uh, denigrating. These brethren are also mentally ill uh, and they're doing something that you and I will never do. Uh, by, by the grace of God, I, uh, I trust that this is true for all of us, and especially me. Uh, we don't want to slip into these things. We don't want to uh, uh, trespass in that way. Okay, coming down to the bottom. That we cannot be led into all truth without the gift of the spirit of prophecy. Inspiration symbolically forewarns through the prophet of Zechariah. Let us turn to Zechariah 4 and begin uh, with the first verse. Now, we aren't going to read it, but we're going to look at the, um, we'll read a little bit here and there, but we're going to look at the chart. Okay, so this is a, um, the chart here, and um, Zechariah 4, 1 to 4, and the angel that talked with me came down, came again, and walked with me as a, uh, and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? The illustration here exhibited, you will note, is an exact reproduction of Zechariah's symbolism. Okay, so Brother Hadif is saying that this picture right here agrees, corresponds one to one with Zechariah one to four. And it does, it does correspond exactly. There are two tubes, uh, two pipes rather, there are seven tubes, there are seven can uh, candlesticks, um, uh, lamps, sorry, uh, and um, uh, it is exactly as stated in the Bible. Now, what if, uh, because of the way we draw things, you know, we're going to have in the very near future um, holograms. Holograms are uh, so fascinating. You can walk around or you can, um, you can look at all sides of it, okay? You can rotate the thing and see the back of it. But we don't have holograms today, and Brother Hadif, well we do, but as a practical thing, we don't. But uh, Brother Hadif certainly didn't. And so the, in, in, uh, there's, uh, in drawing things, there's always something that's occluded, hidden, okay? But it's there, okay? Uh, my hand is occluded by the monitor right now, but it's here. You all don't doubt, think that my hand disappeared because uh, I no longer have a hand because it disappeared, okay? Well, it's the same thing with uh, uh, drawings, depictions. This chart depicts the Zechariah 4 exactly. There's nothing missing that is uh, prophetically important to us. That we have to keep in mind because the Lord doesn't lie. This is an exact illustration of everything that is uh, necessary for our salvation in the um, Zechariah 4. This symbolism as a whole, Brother Adolf says, represents the system by which the Lord transmits his revealed word to his people. Okay, so the symbolism of Zechariah 4 is, um, shows us a, his system of transmitting uh, the truth to us today. Or is it tomorrow? Or was it yesterday? 
It's all, okay? It was active in Sister White's time. It's going to be active fully in the kingdom. And brethren, it is, the Lord is using it to transmit the truth today. And there's much, much evidence to show that, but that's not our subject. It is, as a whole, it represents the system by which God transmits his revealed word to his people. Now, this is God's system. This is not Brother Hadith's system. This is not Bayesian system. This is God's system. And what we can know about anything that is of God is that it's perfect. It is perfect. And he tells us it's perfect too. He has a perfect system to transmit the truth to us safely today, keep us safe, keep us from being confused, keep us from falling victim to the enemy. Here is seen, this part here, here is seen uh, that the whole symbolical setup is for the purpose of depicting the accomplishment of but one thing, of keeping the seven lamps, the entire church, membership supplied with spiritual oil, Bible truth, so that it might give spiritual light all around about, that the church might lighten the world with the revealed word of God. And since the ministry's duty is to feed the church with spiritual food, the fact is that the seven tubes represent the ministry at work, taking oil, revealed truth from the bowl to the seven lamps, the churches. Now, that is the process that is ongoing right now. There are those who say, well, that's not going to be uh, active until the kingdom. Well, if it's not active, then the lamps are not getting the oil, but they are getting the oil. They are lit. The oil is flowing to the lamps, those who want to receive it. The Lord doesn't pump that oil through at a high pressure and force people to take it. He never does that. But those who are willing receive the oil. Now, today, from the message, by the way, of course. Now the truth that in the illustration, the tubes, the ministers do not take the oil directly from the olive trees, the Bible, is posit posit it positively indicates that the bowl in which the oil is deposited represents a container or store in which the compilations of inspired Bible interpretations are stored. The writings of the spirit of prophecy, it's where the store, the books, the writings, and that from it, not from the olive trees, the ministers help themselves with oil and carry it to the seven lamps, uh, to the church. Now. God's ministers, God's teachers don't go directly to the Bible and teach uh, prophecy and doctrine straight from the Bible. And neither do God's uh, uh, true membership. Uh, what is true for the ministers is equally true, brethren, for each individual. None of us can go to the olive trees, the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and take out new prophecy and explain, interpret it, and apply it. We can't do that. Neither the members nor the ministers can do that. But the ministers are uh, required to take the oil instead from the bowl, the stored interpretations put there by the two pipes. 
That is where uh, the ministry gets the truth, the, uh, the explanation of the oil today. The symbolism, therefore, points out the system which God has ordained for dispensing the word of the Lord to his church. This is the point I made before. This is not Brother Hadov's system. This is not Bashan's system. This is the system that the Lord has ordained. He has ordained this. He has set this up. It is his perfect system, as a matter of fact. The spirit of prophecy uh, for dispensing the word of the Lord to his church, that the spirit of prophecy at work is the only remedy against the isms in the church and the world. Now, we have a lot of isms today in uh, the church and in Davidia, but we already have a perfect solution to it. And what it is, is every man dips into the bowl as, as he wishes and comes up with his own thoughts. Is that what the system is? It's not the system that the, the God ordained. You may not like it. You may feel that um, that is uh, news to you, that is different, but it is God's system. The ministers take out from the bowl the understanding. Now, you say, well, I can read the uh, message myself, and you, you can and you should read the message. But there will be times when there's a question. And then, uh, like the Ethiopian, you can only say, uh, except someone explain it to me, how can I understand? Well, unfortunately, some Davidians don't bother to ask that. They just make up an explanation and go with it. Or they listen to some other human uh, unauthorized person uh, and accept his explanation. But God has a way of protecting us from error. If we will follow it, all we have to do is say, the explanation must come from the seven tubes. And they must bring it from the bowl. They can't bring their own ideas. Anyone who does ceases to be an authorized shepherd, authorized uh, minister by the, by the definition of the message. So um, the ministers help themselves with oil and carry it to the seven lamps. Everyone should know this. Every Davidian should already know this. And we should know that it is in effect now. It is now that we have to, the church has to be made um, pure and spotless. It has to be in effect today. And it is in effect, brethren. The ministers, God's true ministers, do not go to the olive trees. God's true uh, members do not go to the olive trees themselves. God's true ministry does not uh, pretend to deliver oil from the bowl and make it into new light of their own devising. They don't do that. They are faithful to say, this is what the word says. Okay, sometimes people get tired of us saying, um, uh, the message says, the rod says, Inspiration says, and uh, I have seen people, especially Adventists and, uh, and uh, Protestants, uh, lash out and like, why do you have to say that? Can't you, can't you tell us what it means? Uh, uh, why do you always say uh, the rod, the, the message, blah, blah? Well, that's how we have to answer. 
we do have to answer like that. And anyone who doesn't answer like that is, uh, is uh, very likely trespassing uh, either a little bit or a lot, trying to make up their own light. Now, one other thing, the ministers help themselves with the oil and carry it to the lamps, to the laity. The laity does not dip straight from the bowl. And when people think that they can, now what does it mean to be receiving the oil? The oil is the um, understanding, the explanation of the truth. So we can, under, we can receive the information, but there'll be times when we don't have the understanding of what this is. And that's a big thing, but brethren, not to have, you can have the data, but not know what the data means. And so uh, that is where uh, the chances of confusion slip in. And well, I think it means this, and I think it means this. And people come with different ideas because they all feel comfortable about dipping in there themselves and running with their own ideas. And it's very important that if we have done that, that we get rid of those ideas, that we be willing to get rid of our own ideas. Okay, seven tubes, two pipes, seven lamps, God's perfect system in symbols for uh, bringing the truth to the church and to the world. Here we have the type and the example to pointing out that what was done in Moses' day with the men who tried to promote themselves to the office of the spirit of prophecy will be done with the men who aspire to the same uh, office in our day. There are people who hardly stand a chance. Thus it is that any who are called to teach what the spirit of prophecy unfolds to them should not aspire to private uninspired interpretation of the scriptures. If they do, they and all who follow them will have their reward unless they repent. Now, the seven tubes, the ministry, those who have been have worked and, and performed the, the duties of a minister. Brother Hadith counsels specifically to them. Why? Because this message is prophetic. God knows the future. He knew very well what would happen. Minister after minister arises, and many not even ministers, arises in Davidia and goes off on a tangent of their own devising. And what Brother Haref is saying is that any who are called to teach should not aspire to private uninspired interpretation. If you are a teacher, you have one of the first things we have to learn uh, is proper humility, proper understanding of, of what our, our work is. Our work is to convey the oil. Our work is not to bring new oil. And if we are unfaithful and we want to bring new oil, we cease to be uh, uh, authorized um, uh, teachers, uh, ministers, instantly. The, our um, calling is, uh, as ministers is to uh, be called as teachers of God's truth, not teachers of our own truth. And we uh, do cease to do that when we start to promulgate our own ideas. And that's why God's people, his teachers, walk together and, and um, all speak the same thing. 
Because if one goes off on a tangent, we can all see that. We see that he is off on his own. And God's people do not go off on their own. And it is impossible to be part of the seven tube symbolism and be on your own. Those who do not avail themselves of the golden oil and those who continue ever to hunt for some kind of oil. I thought we should be looking for um, anyone who claims to be inspired. Yes, we should if we are Laodiceans, but now we are talking about this from the Davidian point of view, okay? And if we are Davidians, we're not to be looking for more oil. And those who continue to ever hunt for some kind of oil or whoever try to extract their own will of course drop into the pit when the earth opens her mouth to swallow up the flood. Then it is that the ism breathers and ism seekers shall forever pass away. Is there no hope until that time for us in Davidia? Now uh, there is lots of hope. The Lord doesn't just um, say, that's it, it's all gonna be, you're all gonna just be milling around and confused until Ezekiel 9. We have individually, each one of us, a decision to make. Uh, many people may not make the right decision. That cannot be our own personal concern. What we need to be concerned about is ourselves. that we not try to be one of those people who are looking for new oil, or trying to extract the oil ourselves. And as we understand this as a people, as Davidians, I hope, and I may be a little naive in your view, but I think that more and more of us will stop hunting for oil. There's, it's already here in the bowl. We'll stop trying to dip oil uh, 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 so extract oil from the olive trees ourselves. It's already there. And so uh, may, not everyone will listen. There will be uh, those who are um, uh, refuse to humble themselves, refuse to let go of their own ideas. There will be people like that up until the end. There will be tears that will be uh, removed in the purification. But there are many people, and we can't judge who is who, and, and that's why we need to say the right thing, preach the right thing, teach the right thing, and the Lord's own will hear. They will hear. They will uh, move away from trying to extract their own oil. They will stop searching for new oil. This is the great um, um, uh, pursuit. This is the great hobby uh, the great um, activity in um, Davidia, searching for oil. We are oil searchers, oil hunters, explorers, always willing to search for more oil. No, there is no more to search for. Now that you have the extra oil, praise the Lord and hold on to what you have. Now, I mentioned before that this is a perfect system. It's not my own idea. Perfect means just what perfect means, says. It is flawless. It is designed by God. Under this perfect system, Zechariah 4, of preparing and dispensing the word of God, meet in due season to his people, there need be no fear that the reservoir will run dry or that the lamps will grow dim. 
This is the only system, moreover, that can make the church perfect. Now stop and think, what are we saying here? This system of Zechariah 4 is required to make the church perfect. And it's the only way the church can become perfect. That means it's the only way to get from here to there. And the devil knows that very well, so he's going to do everything he can to cloud your understanding, your commitment to it. But it is a perfect system, brethren. It is, the Lord does not deceive us. And it is the way the Lord has chosen to dispense uh, meat in due season to his people, and it will not run dry. Those people who say, oh, you need new fresh oil uh, 50 years, no new, new oil and so on. There's no uh, worry that uh, the lamps will, uh, the reservoir will run dry. God has designed a perfect system. It's not a semi-perfect system. It will work and it will continue up until the return of Sister White when she uh, once again takes up her work. And when Brother Hadaf also, uh, as a pipe, uh, take, once again takes up his work, yes, it will continue until then. And it, will, it is the only thing that can get us from here to the perfect church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. A people without guile in their mouth, all seeing eye to eye, all saying the same thing. And it's quite logical once you think about it. Uh, now we have a situation where nobody is inspired or everybody is inspired or whatever. And, and we have prophets all over the place. Everybody jumps up with their own ideas. We go here, we go there, just uh, madness all around Davidia. But in between all these things, God had a perfect system all along. He had a straight line of truth that was calmly uh, working its way through time, uh, getting the job done. And it's the only system that can uh, uh, succeed and, and uh, 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 develop that body of people that the Lord has said he is uh, going to have. Only by giving air to what inspiration says and by shunning our all voices contrary to its voice can any of us survive the judgment and secure a place in the soon coming kingdom of God. Now, this message is, is the last message, it's the only message, and this uh, we are to shun all voices contrary to its voice. There's many voices and none without signification, none without a certain logical appeal or emotional appeal or whatever. But it's, we do have to shun the other voices. God's people will hold on to the truth. God has said that he will not leave us confused. And he has said that we are to shun all voices contrary to the voice of the rod. And it's the only way we can have a place in the kingdom. Likewise, irrespective of considerations of personal faults, frailties, and failings, Elijah's message and movement will be the only God-sent ones, the only ones to fear, to love, to stand by, to live or die for. No, there will be no other shield. Now, if the brethren 
had been faithful to the message right after Brother Hadith died. The very first movement that came up was called the Voice of the Turtle, Sister Zumstein. Uh, well, she had to have a name, and that was the name that was available uh, in her mind. Okay? Uh, it's not the message of Elijah. She was another prophet. I don't remember who she was, but she was somebody. And um, she, uh, the next one was the branch. Right, very shortly, just months after her, uh, the branch got started. But that's not the message. That's not the message that is the only message. The brethren didn't have to be confused. God did not leave them without the truth. It was there in the message. It's not the branch. It is not any of those other uh, names that have come up. Is it the wave sheaf message? No, none of these messages. It is only Elijah's message of the shepherd's rod. It is, that is the only one. It is the only way that uh, we will have to survive the time that is coming. It will be our only shield in the day of judgment. And Brother Hadif says in answer book one, let us therefore covenant with the Lord that henceforth we shall neither accept nor advance as a revealed truth any private interpretation of the scriptures. Brethren, if all Davidia would covenant on this, overnight we, everything would change. The wolves that prowl around ceaselessly looking for weak and young lambs, uh, they would be blocked. We need to covenant with the Lord that henceforth we shall not accept or advance any re uh, as revealed truth any private interpretation. So if we are calling for the end of the world this year or, or next year, or the, uh, when that fails then a year after, that is a private interpretation. It's not in the rod, very definitely not in the rod. And so if we have covenanted with the Lord not to accept, to shun all these other messages as, and messengers as not worth hearing, not worth remembering, if we have covenanted with the Lord, we will be safe from the wolves of Davidia. And we will also reduce their number. They have to eat to survive. And uh, as people identify them and say, you, uh, you are a false prophet. You thrust them through with the truth. It is a way that is uh, the way that the Lord has for us today to identify them and thrust them through as false prophets. And it pins a sign on them so that other people passing by can see that here was a false prophet. And one by one, as we turn away from all our false prophets in Davidia, uh, we will gradually come together, one after another of us. And uh, there could be ways of that happening that are not necessarily intuitive to us. Um, uh, the Lord knows how that would happen. One of the things that I always encourage the brethren who are confused is 
go back to your, your first association. If you think that the mother association is too detestable to, uh, uh, to, to you, um, at least go back to your uh, real association. We believe that the Lord does have uh, um, a number of uh, sister groups that he is using to bring his people today from the church. And then there are out-and-out out wolves, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing and wolves in wolf clothing. And we need to stay away from them. That what is the difference? A real Davidian believes that the, the things that we have just said, uh, the shepherd's rod message is the last message. He believes that Brother Haref was the last prophet, the last pipe, the last part of that symbolism to put in new oil into the bowl. No more. And uh, that all real Davidian associations teach those things, all of them, all three or four. <laughs> but um, even so, if you uh, can, if you're still confused and don't know where to go, we, there are many people out there in the Valley of Decision and it's safer to go with a real rod association than to go with anatypical Joseph. You, you brethren think I'm making that up? There really is a person who has um, anointed himself as anatypical Joseph the prophet with a new message too. But it's from the shepherd's rod. He teaches only the shepherd's rod. Uh, the enemy has learned to pretend to give lip service to the rod. Lip service doesn't mean anything. It's what the truth is. Are you really teaching the rod or are you slipping in new things? Brethren, all of these uh, false prophets slip in vast amount of things. They are not faithful. They don't restrict themselves to the bowl. You start hearing all kinds of new things and that novel, novel doctrine, it might be exciting to you. You might like to hear that, but uh, it is this invariable sign uh, that these people are not limiting themselves to the rod. They have, uh, they have started to add. And it is, it is uh, these people, these wolves, these, these false prophets, these soothsayers, they are in the message but only in a sad and pathetic way. The sisters, they are in the message, we believe. Jacob had, uh, uh, what, four wives. And um, what happened to Jacob uh, is certainly happening in front of our eyes, brethren, whether you like it or not. And so uh, there are a number of real rod associations in that they are teaching the truth of the shepherd's rod in in essence overall and um, i don't know if you uh, have familiarized yourself with jacob's experiences but he had a troubled life and one of the troubles in his life was his wives okay <laughs> anyone who wants to think about uh, having more trouble just examine uh, jacob's problems and uh, the wives were, had troubles and, and uh, com competition among each other, who could bring the most, uh, bring Jacob the most children and so on. So um, uh, it all was not peaceful as it should have been. 
But overall, and, and we're noting that without making a, a um, inspired uh, new shepherd's rod teaching, okay? That is what is called a um, homiletic application. Homiletic preaching application, we say, oh, have you ever thought of the things that happened to Paul and uh, so on and so forth, okay? And it's true, what happened to Paul uh, can be instructive to us. And uh, what happened to Jacob uh, uh, might also happen to us too, especially if the rod says so. <laughs> yes, so um, that is what we are saying, that uh, there is every reason to think that the things that happened to Jacob are repeating themselves in type today. And that is also encouraging to us. We are very much encouraged because the spirit of prophecy says that Jacob uh, went home with his family to, um, to the uh, palace, uh, promised land. Uh, all his surviving living uh, family. And we uh, believe that, that's what changes our views from other views. Uh, and I know some people think if you're not Bashan, you're not going to be saved. Well, if we are not true to the message, to every requirement of the message, we are not going to be saved. Okay, we're not gonna be sealed. But uh, those people who teach uh, that uh, you, today you must be with us or you're going to hell. Uh, that is not what we understand the message to say. We encourage everyone though to be with a real uh, shepherd's rod uh, group, not with um, the self-sent uh, wolves in sheep's clothing who have been ravaging the flock of God for so long. It's time, brethren, for us to wake up, to stop following these people, stop allowing this uh, spiritual abuse that is going on, and to hold on to the message. God has given us a perfect system. We will be perfectly safe uh, with this system if we follow it. He has told us everything we need to know. There is no reason for us to be uncertain today. It is all in the message, plain, point blank, in the message. Uh, and if we will take the Lord at his word, we will be safe. And we also, all of us, will have um, the opportunity to uh, be uh, to gather in the kingdom that is so soon and so quickly uh, going to be coming about. Thank you, brethren. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. You can find us online at www.bashanhill.org and you can call us at 417-835-2162.